It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is a Friday, a relatively gloomy Friday with some gross weather coming up. And uh, we'll check in with Paul in about 15 minutes to get all the information on that as we get prepared for our midday program here on this Friday. Jason Jorgensen, Bob Brogan, and Susan Littlefield all in-house. Well, sort of. Susan is in her house so i guess that counts how how are you today susan i'm good as as long as a corgi puppy keeps quiet while i'm talking it will be good to go no listen we'll accept that it's a lot like church uh when you got kids making noise it's a good thing we will we'll accept a corgi puppy barking that's no problem sounds good okay what do you got for us today well, we are going to kick it all off with weather with Al Dutcher coming up here at uh, the 1219. How much rain are we going to get this weekend? Will it include some thunder boomers? We'll find out more from him. Then at 1245, Jabella comes in as we are now in the second week of the national emergency declared by the president when it comes to COVID-19. And talk about what's happening in grocery stores. And we know that beef has been flying off the shelves. We'll get more on that. And then wrapping it up at 117, I'll step in as we find out about refinance. I know it's not the topic you want to have, but you might need to. And is this a good time for you to refinance your farming operation? Okay. All right. All important information right now. Thank you very much, Susan. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. I was saddened to hear Curly Neal had passed away. Yeah, 77. Yeah, I mean, but but that was when the Harlem Globetrotters were, were, I suppose, when we were young. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were huge. That was a big deal. I always remember the cartoon that they made of them when they were on with Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So so the Harlem Globetrotters were crime fighters, too. You know, they were right there with, I'd have gotten away with it if it weren't for you. Meddling kids. And the Harlem Globetrotters. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of basketball, the UNK men's coach Kevin Lofton has some guys to replace as UNK has some holes in that roster and they have signed a Juco kid from Utah. We will tell you about that. I've seen his film. Yeah. Kid will help. Okay. So this is one. They need about five more. Okay. (laughs) But there's more help on the way. Also, we will hear from Lexington's Jake Leger. He was part of a very good baseball team at Iowa Western Community College there in Council Bluffs. They were 20 and Mm 4 when their season was ended due to this outbreak. We'll get Jake's thoughts on that. I can't imagine being a player or a coach. You invest that much time and energy and everything and then all of a sudden, the, the plug is pulled. Well, yeah. You look at the Olympic folks, yep. too. They only get to participate for a couple weeks a year sometimes. and That's well put. So all of that, and uh, we'll tell you about more problems for KU Athletics a little okay. bit. Former football coach David Beatty apparently was cheating, which is even worse because they were cheating and they were still terrible. They were still off. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jason. We turn it over to... Bob Brogan, stocks back down again a little bit Stocks today. moving a little bit lower as the market gives back some of those gains it uh, had over the past three days, so that's kind of a negative. Americans increased their spending by a modest amount in February, but the expectation is that spending is going to be hard hit in the coming months because of the uh, coronavirus. And also the House has opened debate on a $2.2 trillion package to ease the coronavirus pandemic's devastating toll on uh, 
workers across the U.S. So those are the stories making headlines. That's all coming up on Mint. If you haven't visited the Agri-Virtual Trade Show at krvn.com, it's not too late. The vendor booths have extended their hours, and each vendor booth has videos that feature the latest in technology, equipment, services, and employment opportunities. And you can still get your name in the registration to win a $600 go-light. You can register in each booth, and the more booths you visit, the more chances you have to win. Check out the Agri-Virtual Trade Show today. From the office, the pickup, or the cab of your tractor, you can find it at krvn.com. Time for us to check in on our weather and see how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here. Uh, Paul, I'm getting to tell you, I don't really like having to go warm up the car anymore. I'm kind of over that. So, uh, you know, doggone it anyway. But kind of a gross couple days here. But exactly. It's but better. it's going to be wet and windy, you yep. know, starting tonight into tomorrow. But not as bad. Remember just last week what we did have, we had blizzard warnings all right. the way to severe thunderstorms across the area. Not as wide of a difference in our weather across the area. And not as much snow expected, definitely, in the forecast. Maybe just about one to four inches at most in western areas of Nebraska with this system. I saw some pictures of Wyoming. You know, they got it pretty good kind of along that I-80 corridor there. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. Southeast Wyoming looking at, yeah, some winter storm conditions there. But for the most part, just a rain event for a lot of us. I'll take it. We are stuck in with those murky clouds right now, except for... Portions of northwest and north central Nebraska, some sunshine there. Most of our temperatures right now in the low and mid 40s, but we do have some mid to upper 40s from southeast Nebraska into central and east Kansas. Also, a little bit of light rain starting to nudge its way into the northwest part of the Nebraska Panhandle. With the approach of some low pressure, today going to stay on the cloudy side with areas of drizzle and some light rain. Rain goes likely on the chances for tonight with some non-severe thunderstorms expected when that area of low pressure tracks across the plains. Western areas will see some snow, but that will be uh, mixed in with some and mainly lead to light accumulations. Otherwise, we will see some central areas see some snow mixed in, but with no accumulation. On the backside of this area of low pressure for tomorrow, rain chances slowly decrease. With the strong nature of the low, the northwest winds expected to gust as high as 50 to 55 most of the rain totals should range from a half inch to a little more than an inch. Sunshine returns for Sunday with some lighter winds and slightly above normal temperatures as a ridge of high pressure builds in. It's going to be a tale of two different days, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Chances of rain and a few thunderstorms return for Monday and Monday night. Another area of low pressure expected to track a little more to our south. Tuesday through Thursday will be dry with seasonal to slightly above normal temperatures. Forecast models are hinting at more rain chances by the end of next week. In our long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas look to be seasonal to slightly warmer than normal the first nine days of next month on the temperatures. Early April highs in central Nebraska on average are in the upper 50s to around 60, with average overnight lows in the low 30s. No big chances for April showers expected, with mostly below normal precipitation the first nine days of next month for Nebraska and Kansas. Soil temperatures four inches down at 7 this morning that were in the mid to upper 30s, confined to extreme north-central and northwest Nebraska. Most of the Nebraska soil temperatures in the low 40s, mid to upper 40s for soil temperatures found in the northwest half of Kansas, 
The southeast half of Kansas had soil temperatures in the 50s, including up to 58 in the far southeast. Key weather factors in the markets include periods of rain the next seven days in the Midwest and mixed rain chances in South America. In the Midwest, rain from up to three different systems this weekend through late next week will add to saturated soils and lead to flood threats along with delayed spring fieldwork. The northern plains will have varying precipitation chances through the next week. Southeast areas will have moderate to heavy amounts that delay field work and increase the threat of flooding. Other amounts expected to be lighter. Milder temperatures in the northern plains will continue to melt the snow. The southern plains expect two storms with scattered rain the next seven days. Drier southwest areas may pick up some needed moisture for wheat coming out of dormancy. Southern Brazil will see some rain over the weekend, but many areas will stay dry leading to more stress for corn and soybeans in the filling stage. Rio Grande do Sol in the south expects its smallest soybean crop in four years. Showers return to central Brazil, and they will continue for northern areas into next week to benefit newly planted corn. Most crop areas of Argentina have seen some beneficial crop moisture with periods of showers continuing through next week. All right, well, a tale of a weekend of two days for sure between (laughs) Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Um, definitely on the windy side tomorrow and on the rainy side, but a nice Sunday. And another system on Monday into Monday night looks to move through with some rain chances, but not as direct of a hit with the rain chances as this one for tonight into tomorrow. Okay, very good. All right, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. Parks. It's time again this week we get to visit with our Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. And Al, pretty foggy across parts of the state uh, over this past week. A little bit cooler. Did see a few hours of sunshine on some of those days. But what can we expect? More of this headed into the weekend and next week? Well, Shaley, unfortunately, at least in the first half of the weekend, it's going to be a pretty miserable experience across most of the state. I mean, we've got this big upper air low coming into the California coast right now, fetching a lot of low-level moisture up into our region. We've seen a lot of mist and fog developing, and even some light precipitation aloft showing up on radar, particularly over the northwestern part of the panhandle. Don't expect much in the way of anything more than a little bit of drizzle for most of eastern half of the state as we go through the afternoon hours but as that system starts to eject out we're probably going to see precipitation break uh, break out across the western one-third of the state and because the temperatures are during the overnight hours we may see some wet accumulating snowfall i don't think we're going to be dealing with anything more than maybe an inch or two and then as we go into the morning that precipitation shield is going to expand much farther toward the east and we're probably going to see some moderate to heavy rainfall in some locations of from southwest to northeast Nebraska. That's where the more currently the thinking is with the, big, the best chance for um, anywhere from a three quarters of an inch to almost two inches of precipitation. And some of that may come in the form of a little claps of thunder here and there. There looks like it may possibly be a dry slot in southeastern Nebraska and south central Nebraska. Precipitation total drop off dramatically, but we're still going to be in that uh, rainy pattern with very windy conditions. And unfortunately, we're being stuck for highs probably getting only up into the 40s to the low 50s. Once that system passes to the east of us, we're going to break up some sunshine out, dry things out. Unfortunately, it's going to be fairly temporary. And then we'll see another system on the backside of this low that ejects out coming out of the southwest. That's going to increase moisture. And at this point in time, it looks to me like the moisture is going to be more directed towards south-central and southeast Nebraska with the heaviest precipitation. So we won't be overrunning the same areas that get 
significant moisture. Then, as that system goes up toward the Great Lakes, it's going to pull the Hudson Bay low and flatten it out toward the west, and that's going to allow a cooler northwest flow off pattern to build in for the remainder of uh, the week, and actually pushing that a little bit farther toward the south as a piece of energy comes around the back side of that as we get into late next weekend. So if we do get this northwest flow off, I think the bigger cloud cover will be across western Nebraska. We might see more sunshine across eastern Nebraska. And then we'll watch as several systems rotate around that upper air low of the Hudson Bay, bringing energy across our region. And it looks like we're going to be in that zone for scattered chances of precipitation off and on until we get to about the 7th when a final piece of energy comes around that Hudson Bay low, deepens it, pushes the ridge way to the north. And from the GSS standpoint, we get an extended period from about the 8th all the way to the end of the forecast period with well above normal temperatures all the way up into south-central Canada. So the biggest issue over the next 24 to 48 hours is going to be for our cattle producers because with this room we're going to, or with this rain, an intensifying storm system. We're going to have a lot of wind-driven rain and unfortunately some wet snow, heavy rainfall, not the kind of ingredients you want to have during calving season. So I think this is going to be our biggest challenge over the next 24 hours. Probably going to see some lowland flooding in portions of the sand hills if we do get the heavy rainfall in some of the local creeks. But a widespread flooding event I don't think is going to materialize out of this storm system. All right. Thanks so much. It's Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. For updated weather information throughout the day, you can visit RuralRadio.com. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. It's time for sports. Here's our own Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks. Well, UNK head men's basketball coach Kevin Lofton announced today that Utah native Darian Neverker will join the Lopers for the upcoming season. Neverker is a six foot six, two hundred and ten pound forward, and is UNK's first recruit to date. He has two years of eligibility remaining. Neverker graduated from West Jordan High School and was at Snow Junior College in Utah the past couple of years. Current Loper guard Jake Walker also graduated from Snow. This past season, Neverker averaged eight points and four rebounds per game. Promising start to the season ended abruptly for Lexington native Jake Leger and the Iowa Western baseball squad. The Reavers were 20-4 and four on the year before the year was ended due to the coronavirus outbreak. Leger says it was tough to have the season come to a complete stop. Well, you know, it was just everything just happened so abruptly, you know. We were kind of getting in a roll of the season, and they found out, so it was kind of just a shock. Still kind of just glooming over the fact that it's over, not really believing it yet. In his first year of college baseball, Leger had been effective for the Reavers. A lefty had pitched seven innings out of the bullpen. He'd struck out nine while sporting a 3.89 ERA, and he talks about his ultimate goal with his baseball career. For me as an individual, you know, just continue to improve as much as possible and make it to a four-year program, hopefully Division One. after my year or two at Iowa Western. Leger hopes to play minor league this baseball this summer in South Dakota. Former Lexington star Hannah Ostrom was named in NAIA Honorable Mention All-American this week. As a senior, she started all 32 games for Masters University in California. Ostrom averaged 10 points and 5 rebounds per game for the Mustangs, who finished up the year at 29-3 and 
as they spent a good chunk of the season ranked number one in the country at the NAIA Division I level. And more issues for Kansas sports. Kansas Athletics Incorporated contends in a newly unsealed court filing that it has evidence that former football coach David Beattie allowed and encouraged NCAA violations while in Lawrence. The memo was filed by the university's lawyers in January and unsealed this past week. It says those alleged violations has resulted in several hundred thousand dollars in legal fees for the school. The Lawrence Journal World reports the filing includes transcripts of interviews with players and members of the football staff that the university says suggests that the NCAA rule violations occurred under his watch. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Governor Pete Ricketts says the May 12th primary election will take place as planned. It is important for us to hold elections. Throughout our history as a nation, whether we've had emergencies such as pandemics or wars or what have you, we have held our elections. We are a democratic republic. And our institutions, such as our elections, are important to reinforce, especially at times like this. Polling places will be open with sanitary measures in place, but both Ricketts and Secretary of State Bob Ebnan are also encouraging Nebraskans to consider early mail-in voting. Secretary Ebnan says early mail-in ballot request applications are being sent to all Nebraskans. The application can be filled out and returned to county elections by fax, email, or regular mail. Officials say Nebraska's total number of confirmed COVID-19 cases has risen to 81. The Nebraska Health and Human Services Department says 1,584 tests have come back negative. Officials also report that Nebraska's initial claims for unemployment benefits skyrocketed with the rest of the nations amid the coronavirus pandemic. The claims rose to nearly 16,000 last week from a little less than 800 the week before. The COVID-19 virus is changing the way people live and interact. It's also resulted in changes inside the state's jails, prisons, and detention facilities. Lieutenant Shane Tilson is jail administrator at the Dawson County Sheriff's Office. Lieutenant Tilson talks about a few of the changes he's been involved in implementing. When an inmate first gets brought into the jail, um, the staff is doing a, a brief um, screening of them, asking questions, uh, taking their temperature, asking if they've had a cough, if they've been short of breath, things of that sort. And then the uh, screening would move on. Um, from there, depending on the outcome or the answers of those questions, um, if we have any concerns about somebody and their their answers, we will contact our our jail nurse and then possibly medical provider, seclude the inmate or until we are able to um, to make sure that their medical their medical status is okay to uh, remain in jail. Tilson says the jail nurse has done a great job of keeping the staff and inmates aware of the coronavirus and the need to be safe. Tilson also adds heightened awareness has resulted in extra cleaning and disinfecting of the facility. Tilson says cleaning supplies are being made available to inmates to reduce the risk of infection. For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. We are now at the end of the second week of a national emergency for the coronavirus declared by President Trump on March 13th. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman.
When the emergency was declared, grocery stores were hit hard with a variety of items flying off the shelves, including beef. Melody Benjamin, vice president of member services with the Nebraska Cattlemen, says since the beginning, they jumped into action. Trying to help our members in every way we possibly can. There's market implications, uh, seed stock producers who are having production sales, trying to help them negotiate this and yet keep everybody safe and follow CDC guidelines. Uh, We've been involved with a letter that went to the packers telling them that they would need to behave themselves. While beef across the country may be in short supply, in the Midwest, meat is still in supply at local meat shops, such as Tabletop Meats in Hemingford. Taylor Krause with Tabletop Meats says things were a bit slow in February, but since the coronavirus hit... Retail has picked up quite a bit here. We've seen a lot of orders for ground beef and steaks and roast. Um, People just, I think, wanting to stay home more and make sure they've got enough meat in the freezer to, to cook at home and... We've seen uh, box beef prices, as far as us ordering in, um, have definitely started to kind of rise. And our suppliers done a really good job of keeping up with um, what we've needed to order just this last week. We've seen a couple of things out of stock, but um, nothing too major, and they expect it to be back in this week. The demand on retail beef is creating pressure on suppliers where live beef and hanging carcasses are down, but boxed beef is up. Benjamin says keeping the supply chain up and running has been a number one priority for the Nebraska cattlemen. Our biggest focus is in making sure that the beef supply chain continues to work, encouraging those packers to have a protocol in place of how they're going to handle it when, when and if they start having workers that have the virus so that they can continue to process. Uh, we've asked that uh, trucks delivering that product as well as trucks hauling cattle can continue to uh, be considered essential, and uh, that has been granted both federally and in the state. Cattle are continually be finished every day. We, we've got the, the beef, and we're trying to get it to everybody. Since early on in the coronavirus crisis, conventions, festivals, and other large gatherings, such as the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, were either canceled or postponed. Benjamin says this has created an opportunity for retail establishments. Casinos convention centers, all these places have been shut down. Uh, Food service has changed a whole lot. It's going to carry out or delivery. So that's changing the types of meat products that those restaurants are needing. And we anticipate that that meat will soon be switched over to grocery stores and retailers. Uh, It just might be a different cut of meat than you're used to seeing because uh, it was already processed and sent out and now is going to be coming to the retail market. So the supply chain should get full really soon. We think a lot of this was demand, people rushing out and making sure that they had plenty of beef on supply, in supply at home. Benjamin says the Nebraska cattlemen figure two to three weeks of beef was taken home in one week. So if you are in an area where beef is scarce, it is on its way. In the northern panhandle, Krause says their shop in Hemingford has seen people come from up to 70 miles away in search of beef. She adds if people keep buying out of fear the shop could see some challenges. Then I can see our suppliers uh, not necessarily having long-term shortages, but just having a harder time week to week keeping up with us. So people's wait time on their orders, um, if we don't have enough in reserves, will may start to, you know, versus us being able to get it done in a day or two um, to a week, it may be an extra week to get it done, just depending on if our suppliers um, have trouble getting a hold of product. But I know that the big plants are considered um, essential, and so they're still running at normal capacity. So 
if the supply chain just kind of levels back out um, like everyone hopes it will, if people just kind of calm down, then uh, we shouldn't have a problem. The coronavirus has a high contagion factor, but is not a foodborne illness. Krause says being in the food industry, they have good food sanitation and cleanliness, but are also ramping it up. Making sure we're wiping down counters and doorknobs and um, case handles and all that kind of stuff. Washing hands even more than normal. And we've um, restricted access to our public restrooms just to keep the exposure to our employees in here to a minimum. But we're just trying to, you know, fill orders for the customers and just remind them that we're here and our cabinet's staying full and we're not going anywhere. So um, we'll get them taken care of. There's no reason to to panic about it. While area meat shops are taking care of the consumer in getting beef to the table, Benjamin says ranchers are also making sure they are keeping safe as they are at the beginning of the food supply chain. The cow-calf guys telling us that they've been social distancing for years during calving, so pretty much those guys are not seeing anything different because they're at home taking care of those calves. The seed stock producers, uh, that's big pressure on them. However, over the last few years, Chabella, most uh, seed stock producers have gone to some online form of sale anyway. They've had the sale on location, but there was some method to view the bulls on video auction type things. So most of them already had that platform set up. Benjamin says producers are always welcome to contact the Nebraska cattlemen with concerns or questions during these uncertain times. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Rely on KRVN for up-to-date information on COVID-19. From closings, the latest governor's press conference, and DHHS virus reports, we'll bring you the facts and latest news on the coronavirus. Visit our coronavirus information tab at krvn.com for up-to-the-minute local and state news, and tune in every weeknight at 5 p.m. for a special KRVN this evening. Depend on KRVN to keep you informed on COVID-19. COVID-19 coverage is brought to you by COZAD Community Health. With the business report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are moving lower on Wall Street as the market gives back some of the gains it piled up over the past three days. Major indexes are down more than 3%. The S&P 500 had shot up 17% over the previous three days as traders became hopeful that Congress would pass a $2 trillion coronavirus relief package. The bill has made it through the Senate and is now in the House. But the leader's plan for swift action has run into complications. A maverick conservative lawmaker has threatened to delay passage until most lawmakers return to Washington for a vote. Representative Thomas Massey, a Kentucky Republican, has threatened to try to force a roll call vote. Party leaders had hoped to pass the measure by voice vote without lawmakers having to take the risk of traveling to Washington. Democratic leaders have now urged lawmakers who are willing and able to show up at the Capitol today for a vote. Southwest Airlines CEO Gary Kelly says the company is losing big money on every single flight as travel demand slumps amid the virus outbreak. But Kelly said in a company video that the grants set aside for airlines under the economic rescue bill that's being debated in the House make the company more confident it'll avoid layoffs. American Airlines CEO Doug Parker is telling employees that the company is eligible for about $12 billion of the $50 billion in grants and loans set aside for passenger airlines under the bill. 
Conagra Brands is giving bonuses to employees at production and distribution facilities in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Full-time employees in the U.S. will receive $500, and part-time employees will receive $250, with similar amounts provided to workers in Canada and Mexico. The company is also continuing to pay anyone who is away from work due to a COVID-19-related illness. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Is now the time to start thinking about refinancing? Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. TJ Remick is with Contra Ag Capital. He's a senior vice president. As he and I talked about the issues going on right now, and is it time to look at refinancing your ag operation? Well, I, I think there's. It's an important time to evaluate uh, your financial position, especially your working capital position. Um, anytime there's times of uncertainty, refinancing certainly can help uh, reduce fixed costs which is important. I think the other part is um, doing what you can to to lock in um, revenue floors using hedging programs, uh, contracts, uh, those sorts of things. So I don't think the focus should solely be on refinancing. I think you should look at your cost uh, structure in general, but refinancing certainly can help, especially if you haven't looked at refinancing uh, for you know six months or longer so guys who who took out long-term fixed rate products maybe 12 months uh, or a couple years ago should should check with their with their lenders and see if their lenders would be willing to either reprice or refinance their existing mortgages so as they sit down to answer those major questions to decide is this the time for me to refinance uh, kind of list step-by-step some of the things that they need to put on their checklist as they look at those numbers? Well, first, I think it's having a good grasp of of your financial position. So uh, we encourage people to have already completed a year-end 2019 balance sheet or financial statement uh, so they can speak to their working capital position or their liquidity. Also, uh, leverage is an important indicator of financial health, especially going into times of uncertainty. Um, so it's, it's beneficial, uh, for them to have, have lower leverage, uh, conventional, uh, debt to asset ratios are typically 50% in the 50% ballpark. Looking ahead to the future, there's a lot of uncertainties. You and I were also talking about that crystal ball. We don't know what this is all going to bring. So how much can we predict going into the near future? I think the market's really volatile right now. I, I think if you look at basic commodities, corn, soybeans, uh, cattle, uh, they're down uh, pretty sharply. Uh, two weeks ago, they're starting to bounce back a little bit. I know cattle were lock limit up the last couple of days. Um, you know, I think there the uncertainty is probably um, short-lived, I would hope. Uh, but I think until we get a better grasp of of uh, what's going on with the pandemic and how long it's going to impact everyday life. And I think uncertainty is going to hang around. I hope that's just uh, just in the short term, though. And it obviously keeping, TJ, that line of communication open um, with their bankers and their financial institutions have to be the utmost of importance right now. It's extremely important. And, and for producers that 
don't believe they're going to be able to make payments, whether it's uh, the current pandemic or or weather-related issues or, or a number of uh, impacts that farmers have experienced over the last couple of years. Uh, talking to your lender and being proactive in how you approach um, potential payment issues is extremely important. It gives what, what a lot of farmers don't understand is that as lenders, we've got more flexibility if you come to us before the issue. Some good advice as we continue to move forward. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Hey, listen up, rodeo fans across the territory. Turn up 880 Friday evening between 5 and 6 bells for KRVN this evening for the TRU Top 5 Countdown. Monty James here with weekly rodeo news, standings, and shenanigans. Network, and I'm talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And, John, as we come to the close here, unfortunately, that weight that's been around corn's neck with ethanol demand is going to continue going further as Russia and Saudi Arabia don't even seem to be getting along in this oil price war right now. You know, I think you got to be prepared for us to be down here for a while. You know, in a way, I, I think... Not including the U.S. energy energy kind of uh, purchases in the in the bailout package is a good thing. I think uh, anytime we have set aside programs, there's always you know second order effects that come from that. So I think them not buying, I think it maybe put the market down sooner in the front of the curve and can make us rally into the first. You know, I still think it's gasoline trade at this point. The OPEC story is kind of out of the bag, and you know whether we're trading in the low twenties or the high twenties will depend on how OPEC are getting along, um, but. As far as, you know, overall energy demand, I mean, we can get back to $40 or high 30s easily if we just start driving again. So I think we get that kind of move. You have, you have ethanol, you know, pushing higher as well. And, you know, possibly corn can come back. I, I'd encourage everybody here, to, this, this, this kind of trade we're in right now is very fast. And, you know, time goes by very slowly on these, these weeks where you see huge volatility moves not a whole lot of time moving during that period. So it feels a really intense move, but I think in the long run here, the negative story is priced in. And I think you have to kind of put your bets into how quickly we'll be back on our feet. I think that's where the trade is right now. As well, we're going, coming up next week, we have two USDA reports coming out. So what are your thoughts going into those? Where, where do traders stand on that? Well, with new crop, obviously, I think being short makes sense. You know, we'll get a big corn number. I, Either, either it'll be a big corn number or it'll surprise low and it'll hurt soybeans. But I don't think they're going to see much change there uh, from where the egg form had it. It'll be somewhere close to $94 million. Um, and I think the market may have a chance of bottoming on really bad news at the end of the quarter. So if you go back and look at some of these quarterly reports, a lot of times they're reversing the trend. So, again, I'm, I'm going to kind of reiterate that right now where everybody's negative, I think the market is in like a bubble fear, so to speak, on the virus. I think that'll pass in the next couple of days. And I think, you know, as we get closer to the, the early part of April, you know, first week in April, I think you're going to start looking at days, you know, when things are going to open again. So the time has passed for us to worry. I think the worry is you should have worried three weeks ago. Now is the time to think about recovery and how to play it. Again, we're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Learn more at their website. That's danielzagmarketing.com. Again, danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, though, trading futures and options involved risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. Please consider these risks before investing. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.